Section 22C, Transactional Analysis, TA. Introduction. I'm okay, dash, you're okay, is a euphemism for transactional analysis, also called TA. To some, TA is a nonverbal reaction to communication between husband and wife or parents and children. However, TA is much more than that and can be applied to a business, industrial, or military organization. TA is a theory of personality as well as a systemic psychotherapy for personal growth and personal change. As TA evolves, this reaction to communication is finding a wide application in organizations and education. TA principles and techniques is used by managers to more fully understand themselves and their relationships with others, which can lead to them becoming happier, healthier, and more productive. TA can be defined by several principles, such as ego states, transactions, life positions, strokes, and time structuring. These principles can be utilized to form techniques to improve individual productivity that, in turn, can lead to increased organizational effectiveness. Ego states. One area of TA is the study of individual ego states. We all know without being told that we are different. The underlying theory of TA is the highlighting of those differences. According to Dr. Eric Byrne in his book, Games People Play, TA analysis states that a human personality is composed of ego states commonly referred to as parent, adult, and child, PAC. Each ego state is relatively separate from the others, and each has its own set of feelings, beliefs, and behavior patterns. Generally, people act in one ego state at a time. In some cases, people may act in two ego states at the same time. The states are produced by the playback of recorded data of past events involving real people, real times, real places, and real feelings. Beam, 23-28. Another expert on this subject, Dr. Thomas Harris, does an excellent job of writing about these ego states in his book, I'm Okay-You're Okay. He says the parent ego state is a way of thinking, acting, feeling, and believing much the same as our parents and is based upon the brain's recordings of our perceptions of our parents' responses. As such, the parent ego state responds immediately and automatically to childlike behavior. The parent can be a critical parent or an overly nurturing parent. Harris, 40-46. Dr. Arnold Cambly, in his booklet, The ABCs of PAC, An Introduction to Transactional Analysis, refers to the parent as the taught concepts of life. We were taught this behavior from watching authority figures in our early childhood. Harris, 1. Dr. Harris says the child ego contains our basic desires and needs and the recordings of the feelings and reactions of our childhood. Oddly enough, this state develops about the same time as the parent state. The spontaneous dimensions of the child provide for the joy, motivation, and natural creativity of one's own personality. Adopted elements of the child are expressed in feelings and patterns of response to parental stimuli, responses such as rebellion, procrastination, or compliance. Harris, 47-50. Dr. Cambly refers to this ego state as the felt concept of life. These are the feelings we have recorded from childhood. Cambly, 1-2. These feelings bring forth our emotions and desires for emotion in others. 
According to Dr. Harris, the third state, the adult ego state, is a way of acting, feeling, and believing that is rather objective. The adult part of our personality develops later than either that of the parent or the child and continues to develop throughout the lifetime of a healthy person and is the analytical part of our personality that processes current and objective information about our environment. The adult also edits our archaic recordings in the parent and child parts of personality. Harris, 50-59. Dr. Cambly says the adult deals with the realities of the world, plus input from the parent and child. The adult deals with the here and now, in contrast to the other two ego states, which come from the past. Cambly, 3. The adult is the learned concept of life. In this case, learned in the adult is different than the taught of the parent. Cambly, 3. Learned refers to a continuous process. The adult is always learning. The taught parent ego state was taught once in the past. The three ego states appear in our behavior at different times. According to Dr. Harris, a healthy individual maintains a balance among the three. However, some people may be dominated by one of the ego states. This is contamination. Harris, 123-140. According to Dr. Cambly, contamination takes place when the parent or child contaminates the adult. The adult makes the decisions, but these decisions are then distorted due to the past tapes of the parent or child. Dr. Harris and Dr. Cambly agree that such people have been known to create problems for managers who have to work with them. People with child-dominated personalities generally do not engage in much rational problem-solving. They can be hard to reason with in emotionally charged situations because these people have learned through earlier experiences that they can succeed by being loud, boisterous, or emotional. Parent-dominated people also do not engage in much rational problem-solving because they already know what is right and what is wrong. They are overly critical or overly nurturing. Another problem is exclusion. This happens when one ego state excludes the others. In this situation, the excluding ego state pushes out the excluded ego states. Dr. Cambly points out that a healthy person has the ego states separate and discrete. When things go wrong, contamination or exclusion results. Cambly, 45. Life position. Along with ego states, the term life position is associated with TA. Simply stated, life position is how a person feels about oneself and about other people. In the process of growing up, people make some rather basic assumptions about themselves and about others in their environment. The combination of assumptions about oneself and about others is referred to as a life position. Important to state is that the life position has two parts, the feelings of self and feelings towards others. This is different than self-concept or self-esteem, which only deal with self. Life positions tend to be more permanent than ego states. This permanency can create potential problems in an organizational setting where people work together even if their life positions are not complementary. Life positions result from reinforcement received throughout life from expressions of need and responses to express needs. The focus of the book by Dr. Harris, I'm OK-You're OK, is on these life positions. The assumptions are described in terms of okayness. Thus, individuals are labeled either okay or not okay, whether they refer to themselves or to someone else. Okay and not okay equate to value and individual worth. Thus, there are four possible life positions. 
Harris, 66. I'm not okay, dash you are not okay, equals neither of us has value, negative, negative. I'm not okay, dash you are okay, equals I don't have value, you have value, negative, positive. I'm okay, dash you are not okay, equals I have value, you don't have value, positive, negative. I'm okay, dash you are okay, equals we both have value, positive, positive. The fourth life position is ideal because most people with these feelings tend to have a positive outlook on life and are generally successful. Transactions and Strokes According to Dr. Eric Heem, a situation which results in social intercourse is dubbed a transaction. Beam, 29. If two or more people encounter each other in a social interaction, sooner or later, one of them will speak or give some indication of acknowledging the presence of the others. Dr. Heem calls this transactional stimulus. Another person says or does something related to this stimulus, and that action is called the transactional response. Therefore, simple TA is concerned with diagnosing which ego states are used in the transaction, stimulus, and response. Transactions may involve combinations of ego states and match or replay forms of interactions that develop early in life. Simple transactions are those in which both stimulus and response arise from the adult states of the parties concerned. These are parallel or complementary. Also, child-to-parent transactions and vice versa is complementary. Complementary means the responses are both appropriate and expected. Some transactions are not complementary. The responses are not expected or appropriate. For example, An adult-to-adult stimulus followed by a child-to-parent response is not complementary and is called a crossed transaction. These occur when a respondent reacts from an ego state other than the one desired by the initiator. Crossed transactions can cause problems, but they also have a use, as you'll see later. Analyzing the transactions to determine the ego states can help determine the life position. As long as transactions remain complementary, Communication continues regardless of the content of the transaction. On the other hand, communication ceases as a result of cross-transactions. Dr. Byrne's research and experience tell us that cross-transactions are barriers to effective communication and negatively impact the motivation of people, which ultimately results in decreased output. Consider the following example. The supervisor states, Staff Sergeant Jones, could you come to a meeting in my office around 1300 today? Staff Sergeant Jones replies, sure. This is an adult transaction. Communication could continue and the supervisor could say, good, I'd like you to brief that idea you submitted to the rest of the staff. I really think it'll work. On the other hand, Staff Sergeant Jones could have said, oh, come on, I've already got enough work to do around here. I don't want to sit through another boring meeting. In this case, Staff Sergeant Jones is responding emotionally and not from the adult ego state. Therefore, effective communication is blocked. Another type of transaction is called a stroke. A stroke is a special form of recognition that one person gives to another. Strokes can be positive or negative and are common in any organization. According to Dr. Cambly, positive strokes can be verbal, nonverbal, or physical. They're designed to make the person feel good. They're a type of reward. They can be conditional, which means they're based on a certain condition being met. Telling a worker, Hey, Staff Sergeant Jones, you did a great job putting together the training report. 
is an example of a positive conditional stroke. Positive conditional strokes modify behavior in that they try to get the person to continue the behavior. Positive strokes can also be unconditional. An unconditional stroke is not based on any condition and is given just for being, not for doing. Smiling at someone and telling them you're glad to have them as part of the team is a positive unconditional stroke. Positive unconditional strokes are designed to make the person feel good about themselves. Positive unconditional strokes improve self-esteem, which can help lead to a better life position. Dr. Campbell also reviews the negative strokes people use. Negative strokes are designed to make the person feel bad. They are a type of punishment or rebuke. Just like positive strokes, negative strokes can be conditional or unconditional. A negative conditional stroke is used to modify behavior and that is used to get the person to stop the behavior. Issuing a reprimand or Article 15 is an example. The act, condition, resulted in the negative conditional stroke. A negative unconditional stroke is aimed at the person just like the positive unconditional stroke, and is an attack against the person and not any specific behavior. Slamming a person, putting them down, or calling them names are all examples of negative unconditional strokes. In professional relationships, there is never a need to use negative unconditional strokes. Dr. Harris identifies different stroking with the different life positions. He has found that people of unhealthy life positions tend to overuse certain types of strokes. Harris, 67-77. For example, an I'm okay-you're-not-okay person may overuse negative strokes. The reason is obvious. This person thinks they're so much better than everyone else, and they may operate from the critical parent ego state. On the other hand, an I'm not okay-you're-okay person may overuse positive strokes. This person sees others as so much better than they are. A problem with overusing positive strokes is that the strokes become plastic or meaningless. If the supervisor is always using them, his or her praise becomes meaningless. Time structuring. Another aspect of TA deals with time structuring. According to Dr. Cambly, if a person lives to be 75 years old, assuming he or she sleeps 8 hours out of every 24, He or she has approximately 50 waking years to spend in some type of time structuring. Cambly, 9. Dr. Heems states there are several options for a person. These are withdrawal, rituals, activities, pastimes, games, and intimacy. Beam, 18-19. A summary of each of these, as taken from Dr. Cambly's booklet, is below. Withdrawal. This involves no risk and has minimal social rewards because there's minimal contact. A person does not have to be alone to be in withdrawal. They can be lost in the crowd. Withdrawal is not always bad. We all need to get away and relax or be alone at times. However, if this is the primary way a person structures their time, it becomes a problem. This can be dangerous if a person uses it all the time. Some people can be withdrawn prior to suicide. Rituals. Rituals are highly structured and predictable ways to structure time. This can be as simple as walking down the hall and saying, Hi Jim, how are you today? Jim then replies, Hi, I'm fine. This is done out of habit and is predictable. You may not really care how Jim is, and Jim may not actually be fine. Rituals are okay at times, 
but if this is all a person does, this is not productive in the work center. Rituals are just small talk about things of little value, so a person who spends most of their time in rituals does not contribute as much to the work center. Rituals are slightly riskier than withdrawal because there's some interaction. However, the risk is minimal because of the structured and predictable nature of rituals. Activities. These are goal-oriented. Activities are things people do to meet mission requirements or goals. They are production-orientated. This is where the majority of time should be spent in the work center. People with a healthy life position can spend a lot of time in activities, and they expect others to be goal-oriented, activity-centered also. Pastimes. Pastimes are ways to structure time, such as hobbies, for relaxation. Things we do without a specific goal in mind are all pastimes. Pastimes and activities can be confused. You need to look at the intent of the time structuring. For example, someone playing golf for fun is structuring their time doing a pastime. However, if they're a professional golfer and make money at it, they're engaged in activities. The risk is a bit higher for activities and pastimes than it is for rituals or withdrawal because there are more chances of interaction and more chances for values and differences of opinion to come into play. There are more meaningful transactions during activities and pastimes. Games. Games are a way to structure time in devious or crooked ways to get strokes, which are normally negative. Games are not productive and they result in anger, frustration, jealousy, etc. The risks in games are high because of the anger and hurt feelings that result. Those with unhealthy life positions normally play games. Games, like poor communication, often tend to create organizational problems. A basic understanding of the term games is essential to the application of TA in management. In his book, Games People Play, Dr. Byrne refers to a game as a recurring set of transactions, often repetitious, superficially plausible, with a concealed motivation. Byrne, 48. These types of transactions can be of a type called ulterior meaning there's a hidden or ulterior meaning to the transaction. Basically, games are transactions that are designed to cause an emotional response such as anger or hurt. A game might be as simple as an I'm not okay-you're-okay person speaking from the child ego state trying to get others to be the nurturing parent. Some games get more complex and can even result in death. Given this definition, Games become barriers preventing people and organizations from achieving their objectives. Games tend to inhibit full productivity. Using cross-transactions, responding always from your adult when the game player is using the child or parent, will reduce game playing. For example, assume someone says, That's the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. What moron came up with that? This person is being a critical parent and not presenting any facts to support the point of view. Using your adult, you could reply, What parts of the idea do you find flawed? Or, Can you provide specific data to support your opinion? These replies use the adult to seek facts and to focus the person on the here and now. Intimacy. This is the most risky but also the most rewarding type of time structuring and is defined as a close relationship with others free of games and exploitation. Intimacy is being open, honest, and sincere and requires a person at the I'm okay-you're okay life position 
Intimacy is not just sexual relationships. A person can have sexual relationships and be in a state of withdrawal or ritual. Intimacy is a close personal relationship, and that's why the risk and reward are high. The work environment. We can now relate the concepts of TA to the environmental process. How do basic concepts of TA apply in business, industrial, or military environments? The most basic application of TA principles is to managerial styles. TA is a powerful tool that can help managers understand the interactive nature of human problems in a work environment so that they can deal with these problems more effectively. Does the supervisory relationship indicate the need for a participative or an authoritarian management style? Or does the need indicate another point along the continuum? For an authoritarian style or Theory X management to work effectively, the manager has to operate as a parent while workers operate in the child state. Supervisors have absolute authority while workers are very dependent on direction from above. Thus, the boss is okay, but the workers are not okay. In this situation, the manager accepts final responsibility for failure. Being dependent, much like a child, the worker in this situation is protected from making a wrong decision because the boss takes full responsibility for all actions. There is another view. According to Maslow, Harrisburg, and other motivation theorists, the authoritarian style of management frustrates achievement of the higher-level needs of human personality. Therefore, a worker in this situation may find it satisfactory but may never experience a state of self-fulfillment and growth. A common belief among casual observers is that the condition just described is common in many organizations. The participative, or Theory Y management style, involves adult-adult transactions. The two-way flow of communication exists, and the worker feels more comfortable in providing his or her input. Subordinates feel a sense of responsibility rather than a feeling of dependency. Because workers influence decisions and share responsibility, they experience a feeling of fulfillment. The corresponding life position is likely I'm okay-you're okay. A potential exists for cross-transactions in any management setting. In the authoritarian approach, the supervisor may be comfortable in the parent ego state, but the worker may not enjoy the child state. The worker may want to operate in the adult state, and rightfully so. In this situation, parent-to-adult communication is disturbed and an unsettled situation occurs. The worker becomes frustrated, leading to unproductive behavior and performance, not a healthy situation for any organization. Thus, a manager with an understanding of TA and with knowledge of worker ego states based on observation could possibly head off this type of situation. Cross-transactions are also possible while using a participative management style. By its very nature, this style encourages employee ego involvement in the on-the-job activities. Individuals identify closely with work units and jobs because they're involved in establishing policies and operating procedures. However, even in this style, instances often occur when policies are established and decisions are rendered with rule or no employee involvement. A simple exercise of management prerogative. Such cases provide a fertile ground for cross-transactions when disgruntled employees confront individual managers. Here, the potential is high for responses from the parent ego state, and the opportunity for conflict exists. Therefore, a skilled manager with an understanding of TA and with knowledge of worker ego states based on observation can avoid the conflict by dealing with those situations from a complementary state.
TA has taken hold as a supervisory tool. Initially, it was used mainly to teach employees who deal with the public how to relate better to their customers. Later, managers experimented with TA as a means of improving communications within the company itself. This experimentation has encouraged and reinforced a team concept. This is a participative management style whereby management and workers share the responsibility for decision-making. Some management practitioners view this as co-optation. In other words, it gives workers an equitable share of the pie. The prevailing philosophy is that workers take ownership for their behavior in supporting policies and following procedures, which results in allowing more focus on productivity while maintaining a high interpersonal working relationship. In TA terms, both management and workers function in the adult ego state. The resulting impact of this condition on organizations is that the organization is okay. Overall, it can be stated, together we are okay, the organization is okay, equals we all have value. Summarizing life positions and their relationship to management styles, one might view it in terms of a management matrix, similar to that depicted in Table 1.1. Conclusion Generally, what has been the response to TA? Many executives, after having been exposed to TA training, swear by it. Others have not responded as well and consider it just another buzzword. TA is very difficult to evaluate objectively. Most supervisors are more than willing to prescribe TA training for line employees, but do not show much enthusiasm for applying TA concepts to themselves. Even though there's skepticism, some supervisors have learned that TA is profitable in terms of increasing organizational effectiveness. It's presented here as a tool to add to your management toolbox. The application of TA tracks well with the management theories of Likert, McGregor, and Argyris because use of TA provides opportunities for individuals to grow and mature. Even though some workers prefer to function in the child state and appear to avoid responsibility, most desire to be treated as adults and to be given more responsibility. Using TA not only provides an opportunity for managers to know their people, but it also helps them to get in touch with themselves. When all parties involved are aware of each other's needs, communication improves. This condition is essential to organizational effectiveness. The effective supervisor focuses on workers' behavior and the modification of that behavior as a means for improving the organizational climate, thereby ultimately increasing overall productivity.